Hello, and welcome to another episode in our short podcast series on called Dairy Cattle in Canada. My name's Stephen Roach, and I'm part of a team that's helping the Dairy Farmers of Canada develop what we're calling the Cull Dairy Cattle Education Project. The focus of this project is to try and help Canadian dairy producers make informed decisions about cull dairy cattle. As an industry, we know we need to improve cull cow management, and we know decisions aren't always straightforward. So we're developing a toolkit or a series of educational tools and resources to help those that are looking for extra guidance. The short podcast series reviews the management of cull dairy cows from a variety of perspectives. We'll be touching on producer, veterinarian, research, and government perspectives as we walk through this series. Our hope is that each conversation is going to provide producers with some useful information they can apply back home on their farm. Our next discussion takes place with Dave Loweth, a dairy farmer from southwestern Ontario. Dave is part of a strong team working at Summit Home Holsteins. He's also been a strong advocate for a number of important issues in the Canadian dairy industry, including transportation. We sat down with him to discuss his perspectives on cull dairy cattle, some of the keys to consider when making culling decisions, how this has changed over time, and his advice for others in the Canadian dairy industry. So, let's jump in! Okay, so I think we'll get going. Uh, thanks very much, uh, Dave, for being here. We really appreciate it. It's my pleasure to host you. Well, it's uh, it's exciting to be here on the farm, and, and I think for many of our listeners, they're not going to have uh, had the opportunity or the privilege to be able to uh, tour around the farm. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Dave, and, and where we are today? So we're in southwestern Ontario, just uh, outside the city of Hamilton. At the present time, we're milking around 475 cows three times a day. The herd total herd comprises around 1,050 head. It's a partnership between my brother Carl, his son Ben, and myself, and plus we have an extensive staff as well. And how long have you guys been around? We have been on this particular farm for over 70 years now. Wow. Started by, with my parents back in uh, the 1947 uh, with 15 cows, and uh, we've been here ever since. So um, today we're going to focus uh, really in on, on culling and we're trying to give uh, Canadian producers right across coast to coast a better sense of what farmers are doing on farm to improve culling decisions and make sure those animals get to where they, uh, they're going to end up um, as healthy as possible. Um, and so we thought we'd start, Dave, on just getting you to tell us a little bit about what are some of the main reasons that you're culling cows off your farm? The, uh, the number one reason for cows leaving our farm is reproductive failure. And then that would be followed probably by foot and leg issues and then uh, mastitis or metabolic issues after that. We have a very, very low call rate on, on this farm, uh, which I attribute to really a lot of cow comfort. And so we can be in that uh, you know, in, in terms of uh, voluntary call rate of about 15%, anywhere 15 to 19%. So uh, it's, it's, it is very low. We have a very old herd. Well, usually 50 or 52% of the herd is third lactation or more. Mm -hmm. But reproductive failure is the number one issue. And those generally aren't that difficult in terms of culling decisions in terms of where they go. Uh, usually they're sound cows and they can go to the local auction, which is about uh, 30 miles from here. The more difficult ones are the cows that are compromised either metabolically or particularly uh, lameness. And those ones are a little harder to decide, and we're lucky that we have a local abattoir that we can send direct to slaughter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
So yeah, Dave, uh, you brought up a really good point. You kind of segued into our next uh, question here. So we've chatted with a lot of sale barn vets and a lot of uh, inspectors that work at sales barns and abattoirs and that sort of thing. One of their biggest concerns is uh, cull cows, their condition on arrival. Often when they take a, like a second look at these cows, there's usually some sort of underlying issue, like uh, like a lot of the issues that you brought up today, um, that cause their deterioration when you're transporting them. Uh, so a lot of the time, these cows shouldn't have left the farm, and if they did, they probably should have gone s- straight to slaughter. So you mentioned uh, you'd take a closer look. So what are you doing when you're assessing your cows before they leave the farm? Well, we're looking at them more and more critically all the time. Uh, the, the veterinarians on, on site at the uh, local uh, auction barns are very, very strict now, and, and rightfully so. Uh, and uh, and you're completely right. Sometimes there's an underlying cause. You know, it's, you, there's almost always two reasons why you ca- call a cow. Either she's uh, you know, not milking enough, and you know, and, and long days in milk, mm-hmm. or she has some other issues. Um, it's it's really really difficult. And, and and you know, if we have a cow, you know, we do not send any cows out that are displaced. Like we mm-hmm. we do not do that. Um, if if a cow is displaced, then we don't want to. Uh, spend the dollars on on surgery for her. We don't think she has much chance of uh, profitable recovery. We will send that cow direct to slaughter. But we certainly do not uh, send a cow that's displaced and make the decision to send her then to a local auction. Um, and we're also very critical now of the cow's gait. And if she's uh, compromised at all in terms of a sore foot or if she has a, you know a big swollen quarter or something like that, a cow that's really not feeling well, then those cows we do not send either. It's been a big change, mm-hmm. and and you know, and certainly for the better from the animal point of view. Uh, we're lucky that we have you know, close by to us local abattoirs that can take these cows within a half an hour, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel for the people that are much further in remote areas where they don't have that uh, option. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that there are some like direct to slaughter options in this area. So, what was that like for you? Uh, did you develop a relationship with anyone in particular, or can you take? Yes, we, we we've had two that we worked with uh, now for the last little while. Uh, one had been around for many many years, um, and but we've now more recently switched to another one. I think he runs just a little better uh, show in terms of uh, the way he handles animals and and his premises. In, in general. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of that, I think he's also able to uh, remunerate us uh, somewhat better. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I had one question. So you mentioned um, you attribute a lot, you know, your lower rate of calling to cow comfort. Um, and, and related to that, um, more and more, even pro actions requiring um, farms to think about uh, protocols for cow handling and, and even walking, getting them ready for that that process. Um, what, can you walk us through what that looks like on your farm, Dave? What, what are the, some of the things you're focused on? Well, we're, we're really focused on calm, quiet handling of cows. Mm-hmm. Nobody yells at cows here. Nobody beats on cows. The cows are, you know, if you would walk through our herd, you can really walk through very calmly. And and we do all our pregnancy checks just out in the barn. We don't have to have any kind of restraints. We just walk them into the free stalls and do the pregnancy checks there and and that kind of thing. Um, We are a sand bed at barn, and that that helps with uh, both the comfort of lying down and and ease of getting up and also some traction Mm -hmm. in the alleyways themselves. So we are... Cow comfort is really a, a top priority for us in, in terms of uh, the overall uh, deportment of the cows, where they, where they live, and, and, and cleanliness. So Dave, if you can think back to a time you had a difficult uh, time deciding on what you should do with a cow, one of those kind of like gray area cows, 
Uh, like, what are some of the challenges you faced when you made the decision? Where did you go when you were trying to make the decision? Could you walk us through that process? Yes, uh, it is a, t- a tough decision, and, and in one hand, it's getting easier to make that decision as to where that cow goes because unless she's perfect, she's not going to a local auction where she may go to Pennsylvania or New York or you know Quebec or something like that, where she's going to be on the road for several days. Right. You know, this cow has to be you know either young cow. Or a cow with great feet and legs and good good body score and perfectly healthy. Otherwise, maybe just couldn't get pregnant. You know, th- those would be the vast majority of cows that we can send to yeah. to the local auction. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, everything else pretty well has to go to, to a local abattoir. And and we're getting much more strict. And, and the other thing that we're dealing with more and more all the time is euthanasia on the farm. You know, not, nothing, you know, if, if a cow's... You know, compromised and has had you know an antibiotic treatment, and now she's you know withhold mm-hmm. the meat for ten days or something like that, and then you know th- those cows, unfortunately, will put down. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're doing more and more of that all the time, and again, we're lucky. You know, we do have a a service to come and pick up dead stock, where other, again, if you were in a more remote area, you'd have to look at our on farm composting or something like that, which is. Mm-hmm. Time-consuming right. and difficult, yeah. and especially yep. when you get into the winter months when everything's frozen and that yeah, that kind of thing. Well. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. you know we, we have an advantage of being you know closer to urban population or, or some of those services that other people don't. Mm-hmm. 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 You mentioned uh, a couple of times uh, as we've been chatting that you know things have changed quite a bit. So can you can you what do you think is I mean euthanasia is clearly one, but what what else has changed for you in terms of when you think about calling? Well, you know we make we make decisions quicker on, on these cows you know does this cow have a you know a really good chance of responding to antibiotic you know therapy or not and you know and then maybe we will say you know we're, we're not you know we tend to to try and hang on to cows but but, but there are cows that we say we, we're not going to put this cow on any antibiotics and we're going to send her direct to slaughter today in, in order to minimize the pain she's under and 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 just basically stop the bleeding and cut our losses instead of going through a whole a protocol of antibiotic therapy and, yeah. and, and this type of thing and still lose at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Can, can you speak to, um, Dave, you mentioned, I think, before we started a little bit about that, you know, the concern about what decisions are going to be made on the other side if you don't send her direct. Um, is, is, it a, is it sort of a dog's breakfast? You don't feel like you always know what it's not clear what's what's going to be a what you'd hope would be a... Yeah, it, it really isn't clear. Um, you know, if a cow is uh, still bright and eating, you know, that, that's a cow that has some, you know, uh, p- potential. We do pump them with water. You know, we do... Uh, we, what we have done probably more in ourselves and as an industry, a lot more analgesics. Mm-hmm. That, you know, just to minimize pain on these on these cows. They are not inexpensive to, to use, but uh, we really do try to, you know, minimize as much pain as we can. So any cow, you know, that has a, has an issue, be it a, a case of mastitis or something, e- even if it's not that severe a case, then we will give that cow, uh, you know, an NSID or something like that, just to lessen the pain and give her a better chance of, you know, eating and drinking and, and recovering herself. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, the, you know, in years gone by, you did not have that at your disposal. You maybe had aspirin or something like that, but nothing that was as effective as some of the products that we have now, the Medicams and, and those type of things. So we are, we are much quicker to use those uh, type of uh, drugs to help a cow through. And, and maybe in, in some cases, depending on severity of things, that may be all we use. 
so we're not into an antibiotic, but just some uh, therapy that will help the cow fight things herself and support her with fluids and, and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our antibiotic use has become much more judicious in terms of, you know, what we think is effective or would be effective, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, a lot of the research says, you know, if you get a hot gram-negative case, you're, you're not going to do anything with antibiotics yeah. anyway. Yeah. Right. So you really just, you know, support the cow as the best therapy that you can. Make her comfortable, give her water and, you know, hypotonic saline or something like that and mm-hmm. give yourself a fighting chance but not use antibiotics that are not mm-hmm. going to be effective. Mm-hmm. So where do you think, as an industry, the Canadian dairy industry, um, what, do you, what more do you think we need uh, when we're talking about culling cows? Is, is there any anything that you think we need to support our decisions? or Probably, you know, a, you know, a treatment tree would be a good thing that everybody should should have on farm. Yeah. You know, a treatment tree is to, you know, this is this is what the, the, the cow is showing for symptoms. You know, is she going to recover or not? And if she's going to recover, what are we going to do? If she's not going to recover, what are we going to do? If she's, you know, if she's non, if she's ambulatory and fine and, and looks okay, where do we send her? If she's more compromised, where do we send her? And, you know, like that, those kind of decisions, at least they help. You know, every case is somewhat individual, but at least as a general guideline as to, you know, what's best. First of all, what's best for the animal? I mean, that's hard to do, but that's what we really try to do here. What's what's the best for mm-hmm. this animal? Sure. Yeah. And then what's best from an industry standpoint and from the consuming public standpoint? Yeah. Yeah. Anything you think needs to be done by industry or government? to make sure we continually improve? <laughs> well, uh, you know, the Ontario Farm Animal Council and, and those type of organizations, you know, to try to get the word out to, to the industry first and foremost. It's difficult to educate the consumer because a lot of the time the consumer really has no concept of what goes on anyway, and you may end up opening up a can of worms if you say, you know, we're doing this, this, and this for down cows, and people say, what's a down cow? Right. You know, we need, we need Wait a second, they go down? Yeah, we, yeah, we, we, didn't, <laughs> exactly. even know, we didn't even know that problem exists. Yeah. Yeah, and and yeah. now we put this red flag in front of them. <laughs> and so that, that's yeah. hard. Um, but it, I think really you know, people have to, first and foremost, think what's best for the animal. And mm-hmm. it's going to get difficult as margins get tighter. Mm-hmm. Because some of these things are, you know, an economic loss and, uh, and that kind of thing. And you try... To minimize those, and as margins get tighter, mm-hmm. those are going to get harder decisions to make. You may you may end up making decisions that are not necessarily in the best industry of the animal or the mm-hmm. or the industry. Yeah. Any last uh, bits of advice that you give? You've been around for a little while, Dave. <laughs> I've been around for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the industry is getting better um, on all levels. You know, we are much more cognizant of of animal welfare. And, uh, you know, we do have some options as to where to uh, market these animals that are, are compromised in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with, with talks like this and with, you know, good veterinarians and, and the whole industry, we are, we are making progress um, in order to uh, have these animals end up where they should in a timely and, and compassionate manner. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks, thanks very much, Dave. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate very talking to you and your thoughts. That's great. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Dairy Farmers of Canada's ProAction podcast series. The focus of this project is to try and help Canadian dairy producers make informed decisions about animal care on their farms and support them in striving for continuous improvement. For more information, please visit the Dairy Farmer of Canada website, dairyfarmers.ca, and don't forget to like and subscribe for more content. 
This podcast was narrated, edited, and produced by me, Stephen Roach. Thank you to our guests and to you for listening. The project is hosted by the Dairy Farmers of Canada and partly funded by the Canadian Agricultural Partnership, a five-year federal, provincial, territorial initiative. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 